0: well praise god aren't you glad to get to be a part of something big <laughs> amen i mean it blesses me so i've got some other details that i want to tell y'all probably after the first of the year we'll have more sound knowledge on what's going on but the uh the the uh frasier's and uh the tates just went to uh check out all the new property over in kenya and they, they found out a whole bunch of great the greatest news that we found out is we can feed children a lot for a lot less than we thought. And so, somehow or another, a few things broke open and I don't know all the specific details, but we're talking like 25 cents a meal. So, we're gonna be able to do a whole lot more than we originally thought as we get those grounds built, so. That's going to be really, really an important deal, so we'll get into that and get torn, get, get to building and get to doing some stuff after the first of the year, but praise God, man, God's doing all kinds of amazing things, amen, and He's doing things amazing right here, hear me, right here, do you all know, know that every week, freedom prayers are taking place, people are getting set free, coming to a relationship with Jesus, change are being broken off of, and people are getting back to, to uh, the right relationship that they need to be with the Lord, it happens every week here, miracles are happening every week here in Living Waters Church, I'm telling you, amen. It's not something that that is like just, oh, we're sitting around waiting for God to do something. No, God is doing something. He's doing something to everybody that's hungry and everybody that's looking for him. Man, we hear we got we got X number of prayer requests that go out over the week, and then we got X number of praise reports that come back over the week. And then the ones that didn't get on that praise report, they're going out. And we're still praying it's coming back the next week. And then Man, things are happening out in the broadcast. People all over the world are listening, sending us notes and stuff saying, you know, God touched me here and touched me there. And I mean, it's, I'm excited. I'm excited. Amen. Even though we're in some crazy times, even though we've got a lot of goofiness going on, even though there's a lot of, you know, stuff that we're having to deal with in the world, man, God is moving. He's alive and well. So praise God. So I want, to, I want to, I don't know, maybe I'll finish today. Who knows? Uh, I'm just going to have some fun here this morning and, and, and go back to preaching on this message that I started last week about, about destroying the lies of the enemy, because I see it happening so much in our lives. Just the devil is running a psyop on us. He is doing psychological warfare on people. He's getting people convinced that God doesn't love him. He's getting people convinced God's not doing anything. He's getting people convinced God's not moving. Listen to me, folks. Listen. Hear it. This is the truth. Around the world, if you look at the world and you look around the world, God is moving amazingly. There is people being saved in countries all over the place. There is revival going on. Listen to me. There is a huge revival going on in Iran. You don't hear about it. They ain't going to put it on CNN. And that Iran isn't going to go out there and, and, and be broadcasting what's going on. But there is a huge revival of people coming to Jesus in the country of Iran. There is huge, huge, huge things going on in China right now. OK, so what the devil wants to do, one of the main things is get you focused right down into your own little world. And what you're seeing just around you and think that's what's taking place in all the world. And it's not. People are coming to Jesus all over the world. We're having some of the greatest revivals ever. Believe me, when 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 liberal news agencies have to go start putting out reports and saying, well, it looks like Christianity is going down immediately when I read that. I know that's a psyop. I know that's not the truth. They're just putting out misinformation to try to discourage people. It isn't the truth. I'm telling you, God's alive. and Well, he is not falling off the the throne. He is doing miracles and things all around the world. Amen. Amen. But we as Christians, we have to be sharp about these things. We have to get our ears attuned into the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to us so that we know what's truth and what's not truth. And sometimes it's a difficult thing. It's like I said to you before, you can go on right now. You can go into Amazon, anything. You can go order you something and you go say, well, I wonder if, if, if this is the best flashlight. And you go look at it, there's going to be X number of reviews that says it is the greatest flashlight I ever put in my hand, it is the best one that ever was, and the same amount of reviews that are going to say it's the sorriest, no good thing, yeah. don't buy it, it was broke when I got it, or it broke two days later, it's, you know, my, uh, strike a match the, and it's brighter, you know? I mean, it, it's just, it just amazes me. How do you ever know what the truth is? Because reviews don't do any good when they're 50% of them good and 50% of them bad. Now you're just guessing at who's right, okay? So anyway... I used Ephesians 6, 9, uh, 6, 10 through 12 last week that says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, and the power of his might put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. And the devil is running his wiles. He's running psyops, okay? psychological warfare upon our nation right now, but upon you all the time. Because that's the way he work, operates. That's what the enemy does. Okay, he wants to feed you lies. He wants to feed you things that are not truths to get you believing. Whether it's a non-truth to get you worried, you know, just some little something that slips in there. How many of you have ever? How many of you have ever been driving down the road in your car, and and you, you hit a bump and you heard something kind of rattle in the car, and then you drive on and you hear it again, and immediately the first thought comes to you: I bet. I ran over a five gallon bucket of gold coins and they're hung underneath my truck. <laughs> that's not the thought that comes to you. The thought immediately that comes to you is oh my gosh, something's broke. What did I hit? There's good. You know, my, my muffler's going to fall off. My, you know, what is that noise? And you get to listen. And the more you listen to, it, the more you think there's something bad, right? You don't have a thought and think it's something good. Ah, oh, that's what it is. It's a gold coin got stuck. Hello? So I'm just saying the devil does that. The devil runs psyops on us. Governments have been running psyops in nations to, to topple nations before. I read one that I thought was interesting. When Alexander the Great was somewhere doing a battle, they they got overwhelmed or they, they knew that they couldn't couldn't, that they were gonna have to retreat, they couldn't defeat the enemy. So he had them make, he had his people make oversized helmets and oversized shields, and oversized swords, and leave them on the battlefield. And then he retreated because he wanted them to come in and say, holy cow, look at the size of that sword right there. Look at that, look how big the helmet that old boy had on. And that they would, it was working basically a psyops on the, on the, the enemy, so that they wouldn't chase them in their retreat, they would get scared. And it worked right? So what I'm saying, this is, nothing, this is not something new. This is not something that somebody just came up and said, ah, let's do this. It's been going on forever, all right? And the devil's gotten very, very good at it. He always takes a little bit of truth, twist it, and then tries to feed it to you, all right? He tries to come in and tell you, God doesn't love you. Well, there's some truth in that. First, there is a God. Second is, he's a God of love. But the lie is, he doesn't love you, right? So he takes some truth and he tries to put a lie in there. Uh, So we talked last week about uh, one of the first things that he's always going to attack you with is God doesn't know me. Like, you're not important. You're not anything. You're a minuscule person. And I showed you that, you know, he even knows how many hairs you got on your head and how many he lost this morning. Then we got more direct in that God doesn't love me, because if you know God loves you, well, it changes your life. If you know God loves you, then you know God's for you, and if you know God's for you, you can have confidence that you can keep living, right? But you got to know that you're important, and we live in a world where unless you perform, you're no good. You know, unless you're the right height, the right size, the right everything, you you don't cut the mustard, right? So, you got to know God loves you. you got to know God's for you. It blesses my heart when I wake up in the morning to know that the Almighty God is for me, that when I go have my coffee with him in the morning, that he loves me. He doesn't just tolerate me. Hello? You know, he didn't just say, so, yeah, Robert's here. But be nice. <laughs> he loves me. Okay? So we talked about that. And I don't want to go through all those scriptures, and I want to... Uh, I want to get on to some other ones. The the third one was, is God can't use me, but you all have a purpose. You have a destiny in life to fulfill. So I want to go to the new stuff now. Okay. So the second place, the enemy is going to begin to attack you. Okay. The first place is in God's word and what the truth of God's word is in your life. But the second place he's going to want to attack you is about what, and the only way I know to say this, what's the meaning of life? I listen to people and they get discouraged in life and they're they're like, well, why do I want to live? Why do I want to go on? Why do I want to do anything? You know, what I mean, you know, life's hard and and uh, you know, I, I I don't know, you know, but and so I want to tell you you got the wrong perspective about what this life is all about. Okay? So I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. First Corinthians 2, 6 says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now, if you stop right there, that doesn't sound encouraging because it says your eye hadn't seen, your ears heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of man the things. that God. So in other words, you wouldn't know it. But the next verse says, but everybody say, but. but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. So in other words, he says, look to the normal person. To the person without the spirit of God on the inside of them, they're the person who their eye can't see and their ear can't hear and they can't understand what God's got. But to the person who has the spirit of God on the inside of them, God will reveal them to us. Listen to me, folks. I've tried to get this across so many times for so many years to get y'all to understand you were so important. Your life is so important. You have meaning in life. You have purpose in life. You have destiny in life. This is who you are. God has great things for you. But the devil wants to convince you through psyops. You're just a minion. You're just another face in the crowd. You don't have any real purpose. You were basically supposed to be our slaves and workforce for the elite to get done what they won't done. And you were just common minions. Basically, you're lucky that we let you breathe air. It's the truth. It's the truth. You ever notice how so many people make fun of country people? The way we talk. You know, what we eat, the way we dress, because we don't fit in the status where, you know, the elite thinks we should be. But the truth of the matter is, every person is important to God. Every person, Jesus paid the price for your life on the cross. Every person has a destiny. You have a destiny in life. And if the devil can run a soap on you and get you to believing that you're just a face in the crowd, you're just you're just nobody. I want to tell you something. You will not fulfill your destiny. He will sidetrack you. OK. But it says right here that the Holy Spirit wants to reveal it to you. He wants to tell you every day. He wants to show you every day. So if you don't have the spirit of God on the inside of you, those people are not going to know what the purpose of life is all about. Because you see, church, I have a destiny. Now, I'm just speaking for myself. I know this. I have a destiny on my life. You say, oh, yeah, you're the pastor of the church. No. Listen, God put, pulled me out of literally, the literal pig pen of life. He saved me, and he did it for a reason. Each and every one of you, Bruce back there, God saved you for a reason. He delivered you of alcohol for a reason. He said, oh, I'm supposed to go be an evangelist somewhere. See, I used to think that. Oh, man, there was this period of time in my life I was so nervous that God was going to send me to Ethiopia. I don't know why. I saw this on the television of the kids and them shooing the flies off of them. And I just thought, oh, my Lord, that would be the worst. Oh, God, don't send me to Ethiopia. Oh, God, I'd pray at night, don't send me to Ethiopia. I just know you're going to send me to Ethiopia. Don't send me to Ethiopia. It just looks horrible, Lord. I don't think I can take it. And then finally, one day, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, why would I send you to Ethiopia? You don't know anything. Amen. You don't even know the Bible. You haven't even read the Bible yet. Why would I be sending you to Ethiopia? You don't know nothing. And I was like, that's right, Lord. I, I don't know nothing. I'm an idiot. Help me, Lord. <laughs> Got to be some years of teaching. I'm not leaving on the plane for Ethiopia next week. Bless God. I don't know nothing. So, you know, sometimes we get goofy. And thinking about the destiny for life. And, you know, then when I started doing, I just started waking up every day, going to work. Whatever was set before me, I did it. I did it with all of my heart. I did it. I did it as a, you know, to to be as good of a worker as I could be. And then everybody that came around me, if somebody said, man, oh, so-and-so is not feeling good. I said, well, let's pray for him. Let's just pray for him. You know, next person, come up and have something going on like that. And I'd say, well, you know, give them an encouraging word. Well, I know Jesus can help you with that. Yeah, you know, when's the last time you went to church? You want to go to church with me this week, you know? I just that's what God wants us to do. That's our destiny in life, the people we run across every day. Because folks, you're, you 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 may be called to Ethiopia, I don't know. But I want to tell you this much, you are called to be a light and a blessing to every person you come across that day. So the person that cut you off in traffic, he just may need prayer. Not cursed. Right. I've started every time my phone rings and it's spam and they're trying to sell me that warranty for my truck that's running out and blast chance. I started blessing those folks. I started my wife says, say, you know, your phone's ringing. I said, oh, it's just those, those blessed people that want to bless me and help me get my truck insurance going. <laughs> bless them, Lord. It's better than getting mad, screaming at them on the phone. What do you call them? a crazy fool, right? Just bless them. They're ringing my phone. They're going to get prayed for. Right? So God wants to reveal these things to you. But you got to understand something. The enemy wants to get you off course. So folks, this is where our psyops, we've got to catch it. We've got to understand it. The moment you wake up that morning... Like the other morning, man, I was having a great day. I don't know, I just woke up, felt good. Had a little skip in my step. Felt like an old calf out in the middle of the oak patch, you know, when it was a crisp morning. Just kind of had a little kick in me. And then one thing went wrong, and the next thing went wrong, and the next thing I was just wanting to just go back to bed. Right? But I stopped and I said, you know, devil, you're just running a psyop on me here because I'm up. And I'm going I'm feeling pretty good so I'm gonna be out voicing and telling people about Jesus and praying for people and so you know yes what you want me to do is go back to bed And no, I wouldn't go back to bed for nothing now you done made me mad I'm gonna stand up and I'm gonna irritate you all day long okay so what I'm saying to you is you got to catch it you got to catch what's happening you got to catch it and be quick at it that the devil is just trying to get you off track that day things are going wrong yes It makes a hardship on you, yes. But you got to understand there is a greater purpose for you than being comforted that day. Okay? There's a greater purpose for you than just being comforted this day. Jeremiah 9.23 says the greatest thing you can do is seek God, to know him, right? To know him. So what we want to do is know the will of God that day. Because this life is not about just our comfort or our growth. This life is about there's people around us that need to be ministered to, and we're supposed to be advancing the kingdom of God on the face of the earth. Go to John 17, Jesus' prayer. Let's look at it. Gospel of John chapter 17. Verse 1. And Jesus spoke these words. He lifted up his eyes to heaven. and He said, Father, this is Jesus praying. He says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son also may be glorified in you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ in whom you've sent. So Jesus says in his prayer, That truly knowing God and having a relationship with him is what brings eternal life into you. Hello? So that's got to be priority number one. Our relationship with God, with the Father and with the Son and with the Holy Spirit, right? And then love your neighbors as yourself. So in other words, get the hand of God going out to our neighbors, the word going to our neighbors. We've got to be attentive at this. See, folks, this world wants you to get wrapped up in everything going on in your life. You're building for your retirement. You're building for this. You're doing for this. You're trying to fight this. But folks, if y'all noticed, it's really difficult because they keep changing the rules. So about the time you think you've got everything figured out and everything's going and it's all going to be going your way. They and them change the rules. So now that didn't work and so now you got to go about it a different way and then you gotta go well listen to me if you just start living your life every day realizing that eternity is what is real not this earth is real Amen. oh it's real in the sense that you can touch it and we're real like that but it's not gonna last forever bible tells us coming a day when this world this earth this everything we see it's gone actually it goes phoom. hello and what's real that lasts forever is what we call eternity. It's that side you step over in when you leave this earth suit. It's eternity. It's not Casper the friendly ghost. It's not sitting on puffy white clouds playing harps. No, it's a real world. It's called heaven. It's called the kingdom of heaven. And you step over onto the other side. It's real and it's forever. But what you're doing on this earth is affecting that. Oof, let me show you a few. Let me finish this. Jesus says, and to know you, for I have sent you, I have glorified you on earth. I have finished the work which you have given to me to do. God has a work for you to do. And now, Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was. God's given us these jobs on earth. And he said, oh, I don't know what my job is. What are you doing today? Just stop and think for this a minute. It's always so interesting to me that we think God is so unable to get things done in our lives. We're always thinking it has to be this Merlin the Magician, magical, whimsical, smoke and fire and stuff to happen. But the truth of the matter is, you are where you are today today. I'm not talking about maybe in the circumstances situation, but you are where you are today because that's where God wants you to work. It's just that simple. And the people around you are the ones that you're to minister to. That's your ministry field. Your family, friends, associates, whatever. That's your, that's your field. So have you ever seen like, you know, like, I, I don't know what it is, and there's just some stupid animals, sheep especially. Cows will do it always be looking on the other side of the fence or like get their head hung in the fence because they're trying to eat the grass on the other side when there's green grass right in front of them, right? People do that. You get to look and say, oh, I wish I had, you know, uh, 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 was the Billy Graham uh, um, anointing on my life. I wish, oh, I wish I was that. I wish I was, well, what about what's in front of you? Hello, what's what about just what is right in front of you? Your family, your friends, your associates, the people right around you. Who you know? Who is on your phone? Do you realize? You could just take your phone and click your contacts and fly through them and start praying for people. Oh, what a novel idea. Yeah. Just it's that simple. Who do I pray for today? Well, whoever's in your phone. Okay? Now, go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6. Let's look at it again. Six, eight. when God talking about the, giving us the Lord's Prayer, almost everyone, I say almost everyone, lots of people know the Lord's Prayer. If you said, can you give me the Lord's Prayer, maybe you might prime them, start it out a little bit, but most people could come up with the Lord's Prayer. So Jesus said in, in Matthew 6.8, he says, therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, Your kingdom come, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, do you just hear what he's saying? He is saying, Jesus, giving us a model prayer, giving us something to look at. Jesus is saying, pray that the kingdom of heaven comes on earth as it is in heaven. Do you see that? He's saying, my father has a will to be done on earth, just like it's done in heaven. I got a message coming up on what's happening in heaven. But God's saying here, Jesus is saying here, that God wants his will to be done on earth, just like his will's done in heaven. So God wants you to advance the kingdom of God on the face of this earth. And how are you going to advance it? You're going to advance it through whatever's in front of you. You're going to advance it through whatever open door is before you. You're not supposed to be going and with prayer with a cry, pry bar, trying to pry doors open. No, you're supposed to be doing with whatever open door is before you. So whatever lays before you, whatever is set out before you, that's your ministry field. And that truly is what life is all about. See, we get satisfaction, temporal satisfaction from success right? We all like to succeed. I hate to fail. I hate for something not to work. Makes me mad. We all want to succeed. But if you get to building your whole life around succeeding, well, then you're going to possibly miss God because God's life is about advancing his kingdom, not yours. I'm not. God's not against comfort. God's not against success. God's not against you being blessed. God's not against any of that stuff. But I'm saying if that becomes your focus, that becomes your God. And what he wants us to do is say, hey, God, what do you want me to do today? Oh. Can okay, I look down at verse 19? Still in, in Matthew 6, 19. Or Matthew 6. Now we're in verse 19. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths. moths, That's hard to say. And rust destroy And where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasures, there your heart will be also. Now, isn't it interesting that Jesus is saying here that you cannot take it to heaven with you, but you can send it ahead. Jesus says, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, but lay up for yourselves treasure. How do you lay up treasures in heaven? Just think about this. In other words, you can do something on this earth that affects heaven. Well, I didn't see it. Yeah, because you didn't get your statement, your heavenly bank account statement, and look at it. You know, it didn't come over, you know, your internet and you open it up. Oh, we're doing good in heaven today. Stocks are up, doing good. But you should know that here. That that graduation pictures and those little kids. I know that we've given into that. And I know that that's gone to heaven ahead of you. I know that some of you are going to get to heaven and you're going to be shocked at what you did. And that's when I think the Bible says that there's, that, that he, there's no more tears. So if there's no more tears, there must've been tears is the way I look at it. And so he says, he wipes away our tears and all. I think it's because we're crying because we did not do as much as we should have done. You know, had an opportunity to, like I got to thinking about, I don't like carrying change in my pocket. I've always had a problem with it. It just bothers me. It just bothers me. I can't stand change in my pocket. So I take my change out. If I have gone throughout, you know, went somewhere and got change, I take the change out and I put it up on the dresser, and then I never put it back in my pocket, and then we rake that change off, and I have buckets fulls of change, okay? And when Ivan told me the other day that we could possibly be feeding a child a meal for 25 cents, I thought of that bucket. And I thought to myself, it made me, it, it, it actually, it, it brought tears to my eyes because I thought to myself, golly, I've literally just like, I would throw it away, but I know it has value to it, right? It's in my way. It's a hindrance. It's, a, it's, a, it's everywhere, change. And I thought about, oh my God, that child could have been fed with that quarter, and so I immediately thought about, man, bless God, we're going to get rid of some change. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? It was an opportunity, but I've just had it sitting there not doing anything. It's not doing anything for me. It's sitting in my, uh, you know, in my closet on earth. Not, I could have sent it to heaven. You see what I'm saying? I could have invested it in eternity. By buying kids meals and say, man, I got quartered. Get them all. I said, I mean meal. Get a kid right here. It's a year's worth of meals. Right? And I could send it on. He said, well, I don't know how you know that's true. The word says it right there. Jesus has his own mouth. Let me show you another one if you don't believe me. Go to Mark chapter 10, verse 17. Mark 10, 17. It says, now as he was going out on the road, one came to him and knelt down before him and asked him, saying, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, well, well, why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he answered, he said, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus looked at him and said, And loved him. He looked at him and loved him. And he said, one thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come and take up your cross and follow me. Now look what he said. He told this rich, young ruler, go take what you have, sell it, and then give it to the poor. In other words, turn your asset into liquid, invest it in the poor, it goes to heaven into your account and then gave him an apostolic call. He said, Come follow me. Come be one of my apostles. But the rich young ruler said, Oh, why? Because a psyops got played off in his head. The enemy came in there and said, You're used to comfort. You're wealthy. You have all of this. You're powerful. You, 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 you have a you know, a, a nice house or whatever he's got, you know, I don't know. And he says, you've got all this stuff and now you're going to just be an apostle. And that's, you know, they don't like this guy and he's people talking ugly about him and, you know, and he lives in the desert and sleeps on the street and, you know, weak man. You, you, are you really going to do that? See, the psyops got played off in his head. And the rich young ruler, it says, but he was sad at his words and went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Do you see this? And I'm not blaming this guy. I'm just saying. Jesus put it out before him, but the devil played a psyops on the rich young ruler. I mean, if he wouldn't have heard that, he could have said, I get to be an apostle. I'm the apostle Paul. You know, we don't think a lot about the apostles. If you go read, look at their lives, oh, my goodness. They, I mean, they had all kinds of miracles, all kinds of great things took place, did all kinds of stuff like that, and died horrible deaths. Okay? But if you ever, when you read the scriptures, all the foundation stones in heaven are off the apostles. This guy gave up a foundation stone because the devil played a psyops on him, told him it was going to be a terrible life, didn't let him see the good life, didn't let him see that he could be sending stuff on to heaven because this whole life got to And folks, listen to me. That's what's happening to us now. The enemy's coming upon us now. He's trying to take away our, our ways of life. He's trying to take away our, our comfort. He's trying to take away this. He's trying to take away that. He's trying to tell us this and tell us that. But the truth of the matter is I'm not living for this world. I'm living for the other one. This is good news, because if you know that you know that you know that you're saved, you're born again, that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life, and he lives on the inside of you, well, the good news is, is I'm not living for this life, I'm living for the next life. Amen. I'm not looking for retirement. Hello? I mean, as I get older, it, it's harder to do things, and it would be nice to be comforted a little bit more, not maybe have to work so hard, but I want to tell you something. I'm not living for this life, I'm living for the other life. The day that I leave this earth suit, nobody be sorry for me. Whoa, man, I'm telling you what, I'm sliding down the streets, go my socks and I'm jumping. I'm doing the the Holy Ghost, whatever. And I'm over there talking, high five of Isaiah, high five of the Jeremiah saying, you're Ezekiel. Oh, I thought you'd have been taller. It's going to be great. It's going to be glorious. I want to go see the river of life. I want to go see the healing tree. I want to go see all the glorious things. I want to go through the, you know, to see the worship center. I want to go. I want to go see all this stuff. I want to go meet David. Meet my family. But I'm just saying to you, there's this other life. And as it becomes real to you, then the things in this world seem to be as nothing. And you can keep focus, and you can keep defeating the devil in this psyops he keeps running on us. You can defeat him because you've got the right focus. You've got the right thing geared into your thinking. And you're saying, man, I'm living for eternity. I'm living to see that whatever I do here on this earth, now I'm sending it on to heaven. Amen? Okay, last scripture on that point. Romans 14, 17. It says, for the kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking, but in righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Folks, it's a great joy. It is a great joy. A great joy to know that you're walking with God in the midst of a crooked, perverse generation and that the wicked can't touch you and that every quarter you're giving or sending is going and affecting heaven and that you're just waiting for the other side. It brings joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. You're always going to have difficulties in this life. You're always going to have problems in this life. You're always going to have issues that come against you in this life. Because you're the enemy. You're the enemy and you're the alien. Because I'm not of this world. I'm of that world. Amen? Now here's the last point. I think I have enough time to finish it. Yeah, I can do it. The third area the devil's going to run psyops on you is about people, okay? About people. Now, I want to encourage you about this. There's a a lot of evil things going on right now. There's a lot of things that are wicked and contrary to the word of God, but it is not going to be profitable for you to sit around and curse those people, all right? Look at Matthew 7, 13. Matthew seven thirteen says, enter by the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. And there are few who find it. This is the next way you defeat the psyops of the enemy about people. People, you have to get this straight. People are either going to heaven or hell. There's no in between. You say, man, that's harsh, pastor. No, it's the truth. There's a wide path and there is a narrow path. People that are headed to heaven are on the narrow path. People that are headed to hell are on the wide path. And just because a person is headed to hell on the wide path doesn't mean they can't get off the wide path and get on the narrow path if you'll do what I just said in point two and minister to them along the way. That's our job. Our job is to love people. Our job is to get as many people into heaven as we possibly can. Because people are, there is no in-between. Listen to me, folks. There is no, oh, no, God is all loving. God is going to tell you everything's okay. Everything is He's going to make it all work out. Just do live your life, just whatever, and it's going to work out. No. No. God sent Jesus to this world to pay the price for our sins. He sent Jesus to die on a cross for us, and only that sacrifice and only his blood was what could redeem mankind. And God has required every man To turn and say, Jesus is my answer in order for him to enter eternal life. That's the end of the story. There is, no other, there is no other alternate scenario. There is no other way to take the Bible and twist it around and turn it around and come in there. That is it. That's the end of it, folks. Don't listen to this psyops going on out there in the world about God's going to make it all work out. All the seeker friendly churches, all the places that are just going to say, oh, it's okay. Just let everybody in. Just do this. Everything's great. God loves everybody. God loves everything. Listen to me. Those people are going to find a very, 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 very bad downfall. And what's happening? I'm telling you, there is only one way, and his name is Jesus. Okay? And, and you say, well, pastor, I don't, I, I, no, quit mumbling around. It's time for the church to rise up. It's time for us to be the men and women of God he called us to be. Who saved you? Jesus. Hello? Well, then why would we want to hear the gospel than that? The apostle Paul went back to the church at Galatians and said, hey, what is the matter with you guys? I'm I'm paraphrasing. You're not going to find those words in there. I'm paraphrasing. He said, what's the matter with you guys? He said, y'all already, you got saved over here. You got saved by Jesus, but now y'all are off over here. Who bewildered and who bewitched you? Well, what are we going to do? You're going to tell a testimony? Well, one day I was lost, and then Jesus came into my life, and he saved me, and he delivered me, and set me free. Now, you can do whatever you would like. What? What? What are we going to do? No, 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 no. We know how we got saved. We know what Jesus did for us. We know that he came down and delivered us and set us free. We know he's the answer. And we're going to preach another gospel? No, I don't think so. Okay? We've got to understand this. The devil wants it to say, it's all okay. It's all real. Now, that's funny. Because see, over here, he's wanting to kill people. He's wanting to kill babies. He's wanting to get as many. Mini- y'all, have y'all known this? Between 29, I mean, April of 2019... Till April of 2020, that one, they they saw the highest, the highest increase in drug overdoses ever in the United States, that 100,000, 100,000. That's what I said, 100,000 people overdosed in the United States in that year. That's over, the 100,000 is over what usually would overdose did we hear anything about that anybody say anything about that anybody saying maybe getting locked in your house and mask up was maybe a bad thing or this wasn't good or maybe we ought to do some drug intervention rather than giving you know billions of dollars to stupidity things did anybody say that, we? oh, we really care so much about the people that we're going to go try to help them, and we're going to try to put these infrastructure bills out there to really help people and to bless people, and to try to stop all this and get more education in there and get the gospel preached and get this something going on? Did you hear anything about that? Nah. Oh, man, we got to get some solar panels up. Bless God. Turn them lights on. Sit down over there and shut up. Are you all with me? See, that's what makes me mad. What makes me mad is I care about people. I care about human beings. Somebody's going to get mad at me on this and just please, just, just, I don't know. Have some mercy on me. I get angry and will turn off the television when the abandoned dog commercial comes on because I don't think it's right to abuse pets by any means, all right? But I more care about those children that are on there than I do the dog. I'm sorry. That's me. I have my hearts for children, my hearts for these little kids that are being because I think humanity is more important than the wells. I think the wells are important. I think we need wells out there because wells got to do something. God, put them out there, leave them alone. Right? We don't need to be eating blubber anymore anyway, so I mean, get it out of there. But my point is, is humanity is important to me. I, I, I grieve for human beings. Because human beings have eternal souls within them, and they're either going to spend their life in heaven or spend their life in hell. And the devil wants to psyops us to get us over here thinking this is important or that's important or that and this and that and this and this. Man, I'm not concerned about the color of the person. I'm concerned about their soul. Yeah. Right? So Jesus said, man, people are either going to heaven or going to hell, the that, that wide road or the narrow road. In John eight twenty three, he told... The Pharisees, a group of people, he said, he said to them, you're either from beneath or from above. You're of this world or not of this world. So listen, you're going to run across people that are of this world and they're going to irritate you. But don't curse them. Pray for them. Try to get them saved. That's what you're supposed to do. All right. In John 8:44, Jesus is still talking about. The Pharisees there, he says, you are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. There's people out there in the world today, they want to do the desires of their father, the devil. You just got to quit trying to say, I don't understand why y'all want to do this. I don't understand what's going on. Why would you want to? It's because they're of their father, the devil, and you're of your father, God. And it's not going to make sense to you. I can't understand anybody wants to abuse a child. This doesn't make any sense to me. I can't rationalize, I can't figure it out. I'm like, what's the matter with you? I just don't understand it, okay? But if you're of your father, the devil, it may make sense to them. It's not right, still wrong, still from the pit of hell. But I'm just telling you, you can't, we're in a time right now, we're sitting around looking at officials trying to figure out why they're doing what they're doing and I want to tell you why they're doing what they're doing because they're of their father, the devil, not of the father God. They need to be prayed for. They need word sent out to them, and they need to be saved. They need to get off the wide path. They need to get on the narrow path. There is no other reasoning. There's no other excuse. Well, they just went to the wrong college. No. 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 They're not saved. They don't know Jesus. They don't have the capacity inside of them to love. They don't have the capacity on the inside of them to hear the Spirit of God. They don't have the capacity inside of them to know what to do for humanity. I was telling my wife this morning that i, I for some reason I, this came to my mind but there was a there was a time when i was in i was in russia and uh i was with all these and it was difficult because no one spoke english except one person and so uh, you know you're around people and they're all talking and you, i mean there's no way you're not going to catch this i mean just because you can speak spanish you ain't gonna, you ain't gonna get <laughs> russian you can't you can't substitute it there's no substitute in there Okay. And so you're just standing around just listening. Everybody's talking, going on and saying all these things. You got no idea what they're talking about. But they were very suspicious people because they'd been raised under communism and all. And they were very suspicious. I mean, it was constantly go to the door of their house, you know, crack it open, look outside, open it up, hold me back, look out. You know, Okay, come on, let's go and then. Down the you know, just looking around. It's constant, constantly, constantly like that. Drive down the road, then all of a sudden they just take a hard right, make a block, go into another. they'll stop, back up, turn around, do this, and go off. Because they are just been raised under communism, always thinking they were being followed, always thinking they were being caught. Well, it started to make me a little nervous, especially when you can't speak any language that they got. And there's only one guy that can. You want to stay close to him, right? So they took me out in the woods one night. They got, they told me to come out and they got out. And we went through all this secretive stuff. We would go out there and, you know, on the deal and get in the car. And then, you know, the lights come on. The click, click, click The lights go to the next one. The lights, you know, then we've got, now we're, here we go. We go on. Then we stop and do nothing. We all shut the lights off and look. And then we go out into this forest, this big, 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 big huge forest. And I mean, there's just trees everywhere. And we're just going through the lights. And, and I, and I, the thought came to me. This looks just like a movie that any minute, like it's like the people trying to escape the country and any minute the lights are gonna come on real bright and the military is gonna be there and they're gonna kill me. I'm having a feeling, a sense that possibly I'm gonna die. This is it and I don't have anything. Don't even have a rock to throw. And so we go out and finally I see this little bitty light and we get up there and it's a house and, and, and we get out of the house, and all this stuff is going on, and all this stuff, and everybody's going around the house, and they're looking around the house, and they're checking around, around back and everything, and they're like, okay, you know what? I'm like, Lord, have mercy, you know, what is going on? And so we go inside, and it's a, a family, and they're talking, you know, they're going back and forth and talking, and it's so funny, they get me, they get me by the arm and say, here, come in here, and then they put me in this room, and there's a boy in there, and um, he's sick, and they want me to pray for him. I'm like... It's like, man, we did all of this. I mean, just you could have just, I mean, I had to stop for a minute and say, oh, God, you know, I, th- I thought for sure I was going to die. I just had to get my composure back to even pray for this sick kid because I was like, you people are crazy, you know. You got me out here, got my blood pressure's 9,000 right now, you know. And my point was, is it was because I was in my mind thinking about it and making all this up in my head, it was praying for a sick child. But I had worried myself into any minute I'm going to be in the gulag somewhere, you know, Because I don't know what's going on. No one's talking to me. I'm just assuming everything. And what we have to do in life right now is quit assuming everything. Quit looking at everything. Quit trying to come up with all this stuff. Know what we're called to do. Know that we're supposed to advance the kingdom of God on the face of the earth. Know that there's wicked people that don't love Jesus who are not of God. And they need prayer. And gather as many of them up in our arms as we possibly can to take them to heaven. Amen. And when you do that and you get that attitude, the psyops of the enemy shuts up in your head. Because every day when you wake up, you know what you're doing. You get a little distracted. It's okay. You get it right back on. Amen. Amen. Well, stand up if you wouldn't put your Bibles up. I want to pray for you. The last thing I want to tell you is. When you're walking in this world and you're getting around this world and you're getting around people and you're wondering who's good and who's bad, it's a real simple thing. Because it's getting to where black is black and white is white. It's pretty much easy to tell. And I don't mean that as a racial slur. I'm talking. Oh, I better be quiet. Anyway, you're trying to figure out if that's good or if that's bad, right? And so the, the thing to always look at, folks, is simply this. Jesus told us in Matthew 7, 17, he says, look at the fruit. If it's bearing good fruit, it's good. If it's bearing bad fruit, it's bad. Because a bad tree can't bear good fruit. And a good tree can't bear bad fruit. So let's just be good fruit. Let's just be trees that bear good fruit. Amen? I want to pray over you. I want to bless you. Matter of fact, let me have my prayer team. If you're on the prayer team today, come on down up front and be here. If you're out there listening or watching, listen, I'm going to pray. But if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've never made him the Lord of your life, if you don't know that if you died today, you would go to heaven, well, then I want you to know you can. Jesus made the way. All you need to do is to repent of your sins and call out upon his name and say, Jesus, forgive me. Come into my life. I want you to be the Lord of my life. And right there in your home or in your car, wherever you may be. He, the Spirit of God, will touch you and come into your life. If you're in the building today and you're not sure that if you died, you'd go to heaven. You're not sure, well, we have prayer people up here. That's what they're here for, is to help you and lead you to Jesus. If you're not sure, don't leave the building, my goodness gracious. Don't walk out today. Get off the wide road and onto the narrow road and serve Jesus, because that's why that's why we're here. Amen. It's to help people come to know him. So if you would, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to bless you. And if you're not, don't know, and you need prayer, prayer for anything. Our prayer team's up here. So Heavenly Father, I just pray over this congregation. I pray over everyone out there watching, listening, and everyone in here. That, Father, that no longer will the enemy's psyops that he runs on us be affecting us. Because today I declare that the yokes are broken, the chains are broken, the, 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 the lying words of the enemy are broken off of us. And that, Lord, today we truly hear, we truly hear the clear voice of God speaking to us. Lord, we want to advance the kingdom of God on the face of this earth. We want to rescue as many people as we possibly can, Lord. We want to lead as many people to Jesus and plunder hell and populate heaven for you, Lord. And, Lord, I just thank you and declare That this day is a day of change in our life. This day is a day that's going to be an unbelievable, eye-opening experience for people. And I declare, Lord God, that we're going to live for you in everything that we do. And so, Lord, bless them. Lord, I just bless them. Wherever they be today and in whatever they're in, put your hand upon them, Lord. And we thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name amen and amen. God bless you, church. Have a great Thanksgiving. Next week, we'll have a service of deliverance for those of you that ate too much at Thanksgiving.